Welcome back to History List. A ruler who governs his state by virtue is like the North Polar Star, which remains in its place while all other stars revolve around it. Confucianism lays out a doctrine of respect, and symbolically, as the leader of the state, the emperor is the father of the nation and deserves the most respect. The Analects, the central text of Confucian teaching, is fundamentally interested in the family relationship, as emphasized a few passages further down in section 2. Filial piety nowadays means to be able to support one's parents, but we support even dogs and horses. If there is no feeling of reverence, wherein lies the difference? From these teachings and Confucianism's millennia of popularity, we see a Chinese culture emerge that places tremendous value on a unified, virtuous state and a reverence for ancestors and parents. According to tradition, Confucius actually went and spoke with the elder sage, Lao Tzu, who originated Taoism. What influence the sage had on the younger man, if any, isn't clear. The Analects were not written by Confucius, but only compiled from his famed teachings years later. He lived in a period of Chinese disunity, when there were several competing kingdoms. Situated in northeastern Lu, he became a minor government official and tactfully managed to keep himself and his career alive during a series of rebellions and changes in leadership in Lu. Eventually, however, Confucius began a self-imposed exile in response to the final outcome of the shifts in power, and traveled around the various kingdoms of China, spreading his teachings and political ideas. He returned to Lu as an old man, at the age of 68, where he continued teaching his ideas to a group of over 70 disciples, dying around the age of 71 in 479 BCE. His family home, fittingly for a man who got a nation to embrace ancestor veneration, is now a World Heritage Site. As we've seen, Confucius preached about relationships and virtue, but what exactly does Confucianism have to say on how to be virtuous? Not surprisingly, the golden rule makes an appearance, as it does in many locales in human history. What you do not wish for yourself, do not do to others. Other sections of the Analects propound other ethical practices. It is my ambition to comfort the old, to be faithful to friends, and to cherish the young. The superior man wants to be slow in word, but diligent in action. With coarse rice to eat, with water to drink, and with a bent arm for a pillow, there is still joy. Wealth and honor obtained through unrighteousness are but floating clouds to me, and so forth. As Confucianism was often the dominant political theory and cultural philosophy of China, there arose many branches and interpretations. 
Mencius took Confucianism and the doctrine of the mean to explore idealism. Neo-Confucianism arose in the medieval period when China reunified after centuries of disunity. In that era, Confucianism began to blend with Taoism and Buddhism, and the state bureaucracy, kicked into high gear, revived the civil service exams from the Han Dynasty. These exams determined whether you got a government position, and by the Song Dynasty in the 1200s were open to anyone. The Neo-Confucian exams had numerous anti-cheating fail-safes built into the examination process to spur honesty and competence, such as locking you in a room for the duration and having someone rewrite your answers so the examiners couldn't identify your calligraphy. Confucianism was therefore triumphant. In order to have a role in government, you had to prove your mastery of its ideas. Until the early 20th century, the civil service exams endured, all but ensuring that the Chinese literati and political elite were overwhelmingly Confucians, or Neo-Confucians at least. It wasn't until the Cultural Revolution of the mid-20th century that Confucianism came under major threat. But, admittedly, that wasn't the first time Confucianism had been eclipsed. For hundreds of years after Confucius's death, there were all sorts of debating philosophies, and throughout history other ideas challenged Confucian dominance before it became the orthodox cultural movement. As we will see in the Qin Dynasty, directly preceding the Han, the legalist attitude of strict laws and punishments were adopted by a particularly cruel emperor. In the interim, however, let us leave China for a few centuries and head to the emerging golden age of Greece. The origins of drama are what we'll look at next time on History List.